This is the Horse Radio Network. Well, hi, everybody, and welcome back tonight to HRN's Live at Five. We appreciate you joining us. And as always, you can put in the comments where you're from, what state you're from, and uh, I can see that. The guests can see that. So it's always fun to see where everybody is coming from tonight. Uh, and it also helps us if, uh, because of the kind of coverage I'm doing tonight, if I see what states you're from, maybe we can talk about individual states a little bit that I've been keeping an eye on. So I'm Glenn DeGeek, founder of the Horse Radio Network and host of the most popular podcast in the horse world, The Daily Horses in the Morning Show. If you would like, there's a share button right below there. Hit the share button and share it out to your own Facebook page or any of your horse group Facebook pages. We'd appreciate that so more people can join us tonight live. If you have any questions as we go along tonight, please post them in the comments and we'll try and get to them. One note that I have discovered in doing this, if you're watching on my personal page, apparently I don't see comments from my personal page. So skip on over to Horses in the Morning and the Horse Radio Network page and watch there. Uh, this is always also being carried on the World Equestrian Center uh, Facebook page, so you can find it there as well. Now, uh, the White House has issued a three-phase plan to reopen the economy, and some states are looking at relaxing quarantines a bit. What does that mean for horse shows, for barns reopening? I know I've had a lot of listeners ask me about that. In a minute, Robbie Roberts, owner and the man behind the World Equestrian Center in Ohio and right down the street from me here in Florida, will be joining us to discuss how organizers are planning for horse shows post-quarantine, what kind of changes are going to have to happen. And then after Robbie has left us, I'll be taking a deep dive into the White House reopening phases and discuss how horse shows fit into the phases. And then I'll give you my totally generic opinion about what's going to happen. Take it or leave it. Uh, but I've been following this pretty closely, as you all know, for two months, doing these shows every day for two months. So I'll just give you my opinion on what I think is going to happen uh, in the future. I made a lot of calls today around everybody we know in the horse world. And as you know, we know a lot of people in the horse world because of all the different shows we do. So we'll be going over that as well. I've reduced schedule this week for the Facebook Live at Fives. We'll be back Friday night at 5 p.m. with another show. We have some other uh, very important guests coming up as well over the next week that have reached out to me. So we'll continue this coverage for as long as we need to. If you can't watch this whole live stream now, and I see a lot of people coming in from a lot of Michigans here. Uh, if you can't watch the whole live stream now, you can catch it on a podcast player later on tonight for the Horses in the Morning podcast feed. The disclaimer I'm required to do by lawyers is that we are not medical or financial professionals and we are not offering you any advice in any way on what you should do or not do where the health or financial concerns of you or your horses are concerned. So keep that in mind as we go along. And now he's been a regular guest over the last couple of years uh, since the project started here in Florida. We have the owner of the World Equestrian Center and a horseman for a long time. We have Robbie Roberts joining us tonight. Hi, Robbie. Hello. Thanks for having me tonight. Well, it's good to have you on board. I appreciate you taking the time. I know you have a few businesses to run beside this horse thing. So uh, thank you so much for doing that. So how are you and your family doing? It looks like you're coming from the house. Yep, we're at the house today. Uh, we're very blessed. Uh, our truck lines is doing amazing. We got 14,000 employees, and we haven't had any layoffs with that. We're doing about 43,000 bills a night, which is, uh, you know. Does that mean trips, 43,000, like deliveries? Different deliveries a day, yeah. So, uh, And with that, we've had, uh, you know, we've our corporate office is about 70% working from home. But you got to think most of our staff of the 14,000 is, uh, 
you know, dock workers, warehouse, shop, truck drivers. So with that, before the virus, we reached out and spent about $4 million when we first started, you know, hearing, you know, signs of that. So we had, you know, more masks, hand sanitizers, wipes, things like that. So it, it kind of put us ahead of the, uh, the curve a little bit. So with that, we haven't had any of, to my knowledge, any active cases within the truck line. So, you know, we do a lot of temperatures at the gate. So we take, check thermometer readings for people even come into the buildings and such. So, but the, it's been, we've been blessed in that direction and uh, our team's really done a great job. I've tr- just a side note here. Have truckers had a harder time with things being closed and rest stops and all of that? Has it been a well, challenge? Most of ours are home every night to the terminal. Okay. I mean, the shipment's been different. Most of the deliveries we deliver outside, so people don't want to really see the driver. So we deliver outside the place and they come and get it. But uh, it's it's been a different world. I mean, it's definitely been a challenge as far as, you know, compared to normal. But it's we've kind of it's a new normal to say to speak of. So let's talk a little bit about, you know, what I want to talk to you about tonight is horse shows. None of us know when they're going to return. I mean, that's we'd have to have a crystal ball at this point to know that. Uh, I'll kind of give my speculations later. But, uh, you know, until there's a vaccine and things start to settle down that way, uh, there's going to be a change in horse shows when they do return, whenever that is. And with social distancing and, you know, you got all the other considerations that, you know, cleanliness, do we have to take temperatures, all the things that are involved with the horse show, which tends to be a more personal, intimate thing in the barns and in the rings. Uh, what are you guys looking to change if you can reopen? And when you do reopen, there's going to have to be changes, right? Well, I, I think so. I think it's it's a business model that you have to compare to any other normal business. And at work, we always have a plan ahead of time. Like I said, we ordered a, a lot of our stuff ahead of time. We're doing the same thing for when we open at the horse shows, have plenty of hand sanitizer, have a plan. You wouldn't have the like the trips posted or the uh, course posted at the end gate. Everything would be online. The show office would be different. The stall, they might be different. You might use every other stall. In Wilmington, we're trying to uh, right now put uh, – doors and and as many of their stalls as we can so you enter from the outside and then we can also use that so the horses can hang their heads out so and we're also working with a ventilation specialist to try to get more airflow in our ohio facility because some of the ohio barns are older and they're lower ceilings so and the outways are smaller so ohio's really challenged if when you have something like this that's why we shut down on a saturday and just said we're done we're not gonna have any more horse shows until we figure this out and so I think it's it's a plan like any business. We're going to plan to make sure we do it as safe as possible. We also work with our local health department and they kind of advise us on when we should open and kind of, you know, what's safe for the community because they're very concerned about bringing in, you know, people from hot spots around the country to here. And uh, so we always advise them. And, but, you know, our goal is to get people back to horse showing, but do it at the safety of the community and the horse show world as a whole. I did see, on that note, I saw, I was reading about Florida, where I live, in Ocala, and one of the things they're talking about from the Tourism Bureau side, and Disney and all of that, is when they do open up in phase one or two, whenever the parks open, is that they're going to be encouraging not tourists from the outside, but in-state people to come first, so that people aren't traveling from outside. Could that be a possibility, and is it affordable to run a show if, if it's only Ohioans? Well, I, I think so. And that's kind of what we're working with the local health department about is, you know, involving them in the CDC about what to do. So there's really no one size fits all. I think we have to uh, look each day at changes like the day it came out that uh, 
the CDC that I think it, I don't want to misquote because I'm no doctor, but I think it said the virus has mutated 30 different times. And this fall, they're predicting in winter that it could be even worse than now. So uh, I guess this is as good as time as any. We're looking at there's a good possibility we're going to announce May 1st, but we may not have our uh, Ohio circuit this year for the winter circuit. So uh, there may not be the 19 weeks are in Ohio this winter, uh, but that would be because of the advice of our, you know, CDC health department, not knowing uh, what's coming at us. And, you know, the worst thing we'd want to do is have someone, a, a grandmother, grandfather, a mom or dad or a kid or anybody that comes to our place, get sick, or even, you know, our pediatrician for Sophia, he's in really bad condition. He's a personal friend of mine uh, with the virus. So, We've had this touch us in you know many ways through uh, friends, so it's it's very scary what we do, and we don't want to you know, be the cause of that in the horse world, of course. So and we have to me, make that decision May first about Ohio whether we will even have shows there in the uh, the winter. Well, let time. me ask you, why do you have to make the decision this early? Well, we have 400 employees right in Ohio, and we have to tell all the all the people that come and show there because there's 12,000 stalls there that's booked in the winter time, right, over the circuit. So for those people, if I just tell them in August or September, hey, we're not going to have a horse show, it doesn't give them a place to go. And it doesn't give our 400 employees a place to go. So and I look at any business, we have a four to five year plan. And for anything that we do in the horse show, where we started building WEC, you know, four to five years ago, knowing that we hope to have it done in three years, but it ran over a little bit. But we got to at least have a six much plan, especially when it comes to people's lives. You know, the people that come and show they're in our employees as a whole. So our goal is to, uh, we filed for moving those shows to, uh, Ocala and we got turned out on that. They said, we'd have to go through the mileage of, uh, process, which would take us way out into the future, 80 more days from the filing date. So that wouldn't work. So our plan is that decide May 1st, if we can't have shows here, uh, you know, we're going to have 12 weeks in Ocala. We filed for dates for there. And the dates that are uh, USEF shows, we have an amazing announcement when once we find out what our shows are. So when uh, once we know what shows that we have that's been approved, then we'll have the uh, the non-USEF shows. But uh, there's a lot of exciting news behind that, and that's going to be a really cool prize list with uh, close to nine million dollars is what we're planning in prize money for that circuit next year. And that's the one in Ocala. Yeah, that's the Ocala facility, yes, sir. Okay, and I want to ask you more about the facility and how th- I got a tour of that right before we close down. So I want to ask you a little bit about that later. So, so you, you brought up a couple of things. I think what's going to happen too, from all the calls I made today to people in horse shows, rodeos, all of that is that we're looking at possibly running these without spec or more than likely running any shows that do start on the local or even middle tier uh, running or upper level running them without spectators and with very f- and they'll limit the number of grooms and the number of support people you're even allowed to bring to the show i think that's a given no question you'd limit yeah. the audience to the people that would have to be there and then the shows may stretch out too over a longer period of time so you maybe would stretch it out over more days so you would have less people there so you know you you could try to stretch it out that way too like i think indoors could be stretched out so and, and it could be moved to different locations. So uh, it'd be over a longer period of time. So you have less people at the facility at one time showing. Uh, Cindy just asked, asked him, what about breed shows in Ohio in the next couple of months? Again, same thing, right? Uh, well, you know. we have some huge shows coming up that uh, we're really excited. We have the Tom Powers maturity here that uh, has been in Michigan. I think this is our 50 year anniversary this year. I used to show there when I was you know, a young adult. And that's probably 12 to 1500 stalls. So 
and that's in the middle of June. But uh, if, if we're able to have that, you know, we'd love to have it. We've uh, built about three million dollars worth of you know future additions here in Wilmington just for the shows next year, and for the shows like Tom Powers, which uh, we may not be able to use that this year. It's a shame, but we're going to put the health and you know safety first, and number one goal: try to get back to horse show as as fast as we can because that's the main goal. Because there's there's a lot riding on getting the horse shows back open, but I don't know uh, you know how and when we can do that. But if we can, we're going to no question. And another problem the horse shows are going to have, too, and I've, I've heard this today, especially on the rodeo side, is sponsorships. They've lost some of their sponsors or not coming through this year, and because of whatever reason, right? The sponsors are having trouble, too. So I think that's another, that's another thing that shows are going to have to deal with, is where well, the sponsorship's coming from. We've been blessed with the sponsorship part of Ocala because some of the sponsorship money is on the sidelines, and they've been reaching out and trying to place that money other places. So as far as the uh, Ocala facility, our phone's ringing off the hook. We signed a, a major sponsorship today with the beverage company, which is kind of exciting. We're going to announce. And uh, there's many other sponsorships coming down the road from, you know, all over the country and all over the world. So that part we've been blessed. At. I think it's a new facility too. So people's excited to, you know, be, be there right. when it opens, you know, spectators and sponsors. Well, if you run out of places to put them, tell them there's a radio network three miles down the road. Okay? Well, we'd love to do that. <laughs> So I did, one of the other interesting things, too, when it comes to horse showing is I did a little survey with our super fans today in their private room. So it's a small subsection, but it was interesting. So I asked them, for those that show, I asked them four criteria. Would you be ready? For, are you going to go out to the first show available and just get out there and start showing? Are you going to wait and see what happens with the virus until you start to go out showing? Or can't you afford it because you've been laid off or whatever? You don't have a job right now and can't afford it. Or you're just going to take the year off. You've given up. So this is the results. Uh, ready for the first show, and they're going to be out there is 20%. Waiting to see what happens with the buyers is 61%. And then the balance was can't afford it and taking the year off. That was 19%. So I, I think it's going to be interesting, too, to see what the entries are like. And maybe it's good that they'll be down when we first get back into showing again. But, you know, we did a question on our Facebook asking our people what they wanted, whether they wanted a schooling show with a little or no money and then maybe zero entry fees, maybe a $50 stall or something. Just, you know, a break even show at best for us or even have a sponsor make it so it's, it's, it, it's even better than that. And we had about a 50-50 result from that. And people can look at that on Facebook. But, you know, our main thing is this is our family, the horse show, you know, people that come and we feel like the people that come to WEC are, I mean, literally our family members. So we can't wait to get them to come back. But there's just so many unknowns right now. We've never faced this. The whole world shut down. So it's not even it's if you would have said this six months ago, no one would have believed you. I didn't think they would have said it was impossible. So another thing, too, you know, there's three states now that are starting to look to open up. And I'll talk a little bit more about that in depth later on. But Georgia's one of them. And Georgia's still on the increase. So they're not following the White House guidelines at this point. So they haven't seen 14 days of decrease. They're still increasing in their number of cases and deaths, actually. So. But it's been very interesting to see the reaction from businesses in Georgia. Uh, a lot of businesses in Georgia are saying, I don't care what the governor says. I'm, it's just what you just said. I'm not risking my people. I'm not going to be liable. Uh, you know, I'm not putting my people at risk by opening up just for profit. I need the money now. I'm a small business. I can't afford to stay closed, but I also can't afford the health of my people to open. So I've been very surprised. And, and on one Twitter thread alone, it was hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of businesses. So I think horse shows are going to have the same thing. They'll be allowed to open, but do you think that they also have a responsibility to look at it on a personal side and go, okay, I'm allowed to, but is it wise to? Well, that's where we use our local health department, and it kind of lets off off 
off the hook. I mean, we have the uh, resources to end the CDC and everybody to say what's in the best interest of the community because we have our community to look at too, Wilmington as a whole. So, you know, they look at hot spots and things like that. But, you know, our number one goal is to get people back here showing because that's our family and then try to do it at a rate where it doesn't have to do with uh, money, has to do with, you know, life and safety. So, and, you know, if that means next year, I mean, I hate that because there's so much economic value that's tied to the horse shows and, and, and we want that to happen, but we're going to use uh, everything we have at our fingertips and make the best decision. And uh, just hopefully that, you know, it's the right one, but we're probably going to err on the side of caution to make sure that we do the right thing because uh, you can't take a life back if you're, or, you know, or I was reading online, there was the, uh, the Broadway of, of dancer or actor there. He got his, he lost his leg with a blood clot. So, and he was a healthy young guy, our doctor that is in, you know, very poor condition and, you know, we're praying for him, but, uh, he was a healthy guy, never had a sick day in his life, jogged three miles a day and got the virus. And it's just reacts so differently with different people, you know? Well, that brings up a good question. Is there liability? So on the horse shows part, if, if they do open, people get sick, die maybe, uh, and there's a lawsuit, are they liable? Well, I've asked that question. I hadn't got the answer yet. Cause we have six attorneys that work for us, but I had outside counsel on the phone two or three times this week with that and other questions. And I haven't got that answer yet. So I'm not sure whether you can, you know, announce ahead of time or put a sign up or have it on your entries or whatever, but I'm trying to find that out too, because we have a a lot, we have other corporations and stuff that at risk too, that we have to, you know, watch out for. One of the things that came up from one of the listeners today is volunteers. And and I read a whole thread on people saying, I don't think I'm going to volunteer at horse shows this year. That's another concern, especially for events, right? That really a lot, three, you know, three phase events really rely, rely on volunteers. So it's another concern that are you going to get enough to cover the show? I mean, our main goal would be to uh, the volunteers. I think you'd have to make them feel safe. And all of our 14,000 employees, I talk to them. Everyone has my cell phone to speak of and I get a lot of calls at night and they feel safe. So I think if you give them, you know, mask, gloves, hand sanitizer, you know, I haven't heard one of our employees say, I don't feel safe work. And it's the opposite. They say, you know, we feel safe out here. We're glad to be out here. We're glad that we can earn a living, that we, we have a place to go to work every day. So the volunteers, I think we can make them feel comfortable by giving them maybe the right tools. And, you know, if they're a person with the underlying health condition, it may not be safe. But if it's a normal person with the right, you know, equipment, it, they may feel comfortable, I would say. So uh, all of this obviously also depends, and I'm going to play a little video here from them, on the USEF and what they decide as far as at least sanctioned and uh, shows are concerned, USEF shows or rated shows are concerned. And we don't know what they're going to do at this point. So we'll have to uh, wait and see on that. Uh, they were close to the beginning, middle of May. Uh, so we'll have to see if they extend that again. The other thing that's going to be very interesting is that's never happened before is we've never had different states and, and counties within states doing different things. So some may be close. Your next door neighbor may still be on lockdown. Uh, Michigan may be on lockdown when Ohio isn't or vice versa. So that's going to be a whole new ball game too, for shows that draw in a larger audience. Yeah, I think so. I mean, there's so many unknowns. I think that, each day there's there's a new you know way to look at it so i think we, what we do is wait till we have to make the decision and that's may 1st on ohio to get you know be fair to our employees and and our people that come to the horse shows we feel like ocala can go for sure unless there's something huge because ocala i think is one of the safest facilities in the country we built it for something like this 
everything's block. Everything is, uh, we have air scrubbers in every barn. It's made to have open air. You know, there's, there's big ass fans in the barn to ventilate air, to draw air, air in and out. So uh, I feel a hundred percent confident about Ocala. Uh, you know, we got, I think we have close to, uh, 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 as far as uh, stalls booked, I think there's close to 21, 22,000 stalls booked next year for at this point. And, uh, I and think that would now be that January we, through March or April. Somewhere yeah, it's range. 12 weeks starting in okay. January. And then uh, we have some other, other exciting news about that, too, that we may tie into those horse shows uh, that uh, something has never been done before. That I think it's going to be really exciting for the horse world that uh, is really going to boost that stall count also. So. But we feel like that that show is going to be sold out. There's some weeks that are close to being sold out right now. So uh, our goal is to keep Wilmington going because it it does you know supply a place for you know the Michigans and the Canadians and so many people that's close to here and the kids have a way to horse show and still go back to school. So and we built that circuit from nothing. You know when we first I told people he's going to do 12 weeks or 13 weeks in Ohio, whatever the number was, they said it wasn't possible. And now we're sold out with you know sometimes 100 or more people on the waiting list. But at the same given time, you know, we work hard all winter to keep our place in Ohio sanitary. Anybody that comes here, they see us spraying the outways. We're wiping doorknobs down. We're, you have to wait to go in the bathroom because 50% of the time they're cleaning it, disinfecting it. So, but that all changes with the virus. You can't disinfect enough for something like that. So, but our goal would be to make that decision. You know, if we can't do Ohio this year, if it's not safe, if the health department says, you know, it's not the best interest of the community or the horse show folks that's going to come. We'll focus on Ocala, uh, which I think is going to be sold out, and then roll back into Ohio, hopefully 2022, when we have a vaccine or, or everybody feels safe that being more of the close environment like Ohio is. I got the opportunity to take a tour of uh, Ocala about six, eight weeks ago before the lockdown came into play. It was just happening, actually. And Vinny took us around, and oh, what an you. As a horse person that's been doing this a long time, you get goosebumps when you ride around Ocala, around the World Equestrian Center. It's incredible. You know, when I go back, I still, I, I don't live there, I live in Ohio some of the times, but every time I go back, it it does kind of affect you. It kind of takes you over. But that's not our place. That's the world's place. So everybody that comes through that gate, that belongs to them. It doesn't belong to us. And that's what we tell people about Ohio is, you know, this is their facility. Ohio's people's got their first dog there. I met my wife there. Uh, there's so many, you know, first and so many special moments about Ohio. Now, when we open Ocala, it's time for all that to begin, that there's so many things that's going to be, a, you know, somebody's first pony class or first junior hunter class or first jumper class. So the excitement's going to keep building in Ohio. We, like I said, we built $3 million worth of uh, barns and stalls here for the future. Of, that's there. It's not going to go away. It may be on hold. Hopefully not. Hopefully we can use that this summer. But uh, there's so many unknowns right now that we don't know when we can announce that or what the uh, when we're going to be able to decide uh, as far as the summer horse shows because summer is a lot easier than the side than the than the winter because winter's closed in summer's outside. So uh, is construction still going on here uh, through all of this? We haven't had uh, one slowdown in Ocala. We've had every trade show up with uh, the you know the full uh, you know you know gauntlet of employees. We've uh, all of our employees have showed up. All the dirt work and stuff is, is done by us, our own employees. So, you know, for the most part, all of our people showed up. You know, there's a few people of somebody maybe has a new baby at home, maybe not went over risk that. There's some, you know, a few people that's older with underlying health conditions that uh, did take a leave. But, uh, you know, 99% of our people's there. And uh, I think we're ahead of schedule for the most part. 
The hotel looks like it has a lot of work to do. I mean, it's it's it, that's the but it's a huge project. I mean, it's a hotel with seven restaurants. It's <laughs> yeah, it's uh, I think it's gonna be done by October, November. Now, really, I, I yeah. actually putting furniture in it and all that. But uh, it's they're drywalling. You know, the bathrooms are going in. The lobby's getting done. Uh, the roof's getting finalized. Uh, you know, there's a lot of things happening. We're supposed to have a really active hurricane season this year, so I'm kind of watching that. They're saying it's <laughs> going to be more active than normal because the water is hot and it's supposed to start a month early. So, but you know, I think I think we'll I be live fine. in Ocala. Let's not think about that right now. Yeah, well, <laughs> you never know, right? Hopefully not. So it's mid-state though, so I think we're safe there. But yeah. but that's kind of where we're at. We're 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 excited about the future, and we're hoping that that comes sooner than later. Hopefully, we're horse showing in June, but uh, who knows? It's just there's so many unknowns. So uh, I got to tell you, I am excited about uh, Ocala. It's three miles from me. So it, I used to live in Lexington, Kentucky, about three miles from the horse park. And it was so nice to go over for everything. And it's going to be so nice to go over, you know, right next door. I could ride my bike there for, for all the different shows. So it's going to be a lot of fun. What's your place? So enjoy it. Well, we, we definitely will. There's no question about that. When people get, get to see it, I mean, you'll, you can see it from the road. The locals that live here all drive by and peek every day. Uh, but when, when you get to go behind the hotel and see the Grand Prix Stadium that's built back there, that's already pretty much ready to go. It was incredible just to see that. I mean, we're talking pretty much the size of Kentucky. And it was just, it was just cool to see that. Yeah, we planned. Uh, we're doing our cross-country course now, too. That, I think that'll be done by the time that we open or be finished. And then uh, our polo fields also will be finished by the time that we open. So uh, then we have a grass field for uh, dressage, and we have two uh, dressage rings that will be done at the same time. So and then we have an additional 900 uh, flex stalls that we can put up or take down at any given time. So, But I think we might need the flex stalls for the winter circuit because with what we have planned, uh, our 2,050 stalls, I don't think it's going to be enough. I think we're going to have close to 3,000 from uh, when we roll everything out of our plans for the winter time with the price list. So uh, before I let you go, and then I'm going to continue on, uh, I'm going to, I have some charts and graphs and numbers for everybody a little bit here. Uh, what are you, what last words do you want to, of, of encouragement or hope to give people? Well, I'd say that, you know, we're praying for everybody's safe, safety and health. And, uh, you know, we're going to get through this and, uh, all of our staff and all of us want to get back to horse show. And, uh, you truly are a family. I mean, I love every person that comes to our place. I mean, the most exciting thing I can do is walk through our place. And what's going to be sad is I hug everybody and, you know, shake everybody's hand and it makes my day. I'm not probably not going to be able to do that. We're going to have to stay far away, but there's no better feeling than walking through the place and, you know, and seeing your family members. And I feel like every kid that's there is like part of my life. And it's almost like my kid because you see him grow up and that happens so fast. So the sooner we can get back to that and, you know, get our families back into our, you know, our facility, their facility and, uh, you know, welcome them back home. You know, that's going to be amazing, but we have to do it in a safe way. So we're just going to say God bless and that we're, we're praying for everybody. And uh, hopefully we're, we're all back together really, really soon and showing horses and talking about how crazy it was in, in the past tense, not in the present. I, 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 we also really feel, and there's a lot of our listeners in this boat, and that is they can't even go to the barn. Their barn is closed. They board their horses, and they can't even see their horses right now. And, and that just makes it extra difficult. Well, you know, my wife, all she wants to do is go touch a horse, and we go touch the donkeys in the field. But Sophia didn't ride for three weeks, so uh, we just kept her out of the barn. And uh, she does go to the barn with, you know, like a mask, and then she takes off when she rides. And, you know, uh, some of the other kids' quarantines ride, too. But 
it's a it's a different time. It was really hard to watch her not ride for three weeks when she's rode every day almost since being six years old, either on a stray vacation. But you know, most vacations are horse shows even. So, but it is a trying time because it's like a uh, you have to have the horses. You just want to touch them. You want to feel them. I, mean, I tuck every horse in every night, and I haven't done that. So, but I, I look forward to getting back to that. How's homeschooling going? Are you a teacher now? Uh, what well, Sophia's always been kind of on an on school program, okay. so that's the same. And uh, she's she kind of managed her own program, so we're blessed with that. That uh, we really don't have a. She kind of just does it, you know. I would never guess that three years ago, because I mean we had to do everything that you know make things happen. But now, uh, how old is she? Uh, she's sixteen, going on seventeen. Okay, yeah. so it it kind of happens, you know. I think they, that's a little wake up one 12. day and the and the girls are independent <laughs> and they kind of do their own thing, and uh, it's fun to watch, but it's kind of sad too. Yeah, that's a little different than when they're 12. and Yeah, know, 12 was tough. I couldn't do the work at 12, and she looked at me, and uh, believe it or not, it's crazy. We had a housekeeper that helps us in the afternoon, and she was the only one that could do the algebra in that. And <laughs> I would say, can you stay extra and help Sophia with math? And she's like, absolutely. So, but, Well, uh, they don't do it the same way we did it either. Right no, now. no, yeah. it's crazy. So. But uh, we're beyond that. She does it on her own, and uh, she gets good grades, and it all seems to work out for the best. Oh, good. Well, Robbie, thank you so much for joining thank us. You. I really appreciate yeah. it as always. And yeah. we'll keep in touch and touch base again here, uh, hopefully with really good news in a, in a month or two. Yep. We love everybody out there. We look forward to seeing you soon. And uh, God bless you guys. And we'll see you soon. All right. Thanks, Robbie. Bye-bye. So uh, I wanted to also, I've been getting a lot of questions from listeners about uh, about what's what's going on, what what uh they think our opinion are about when shows, when people are going to be able to get to their barns, when shows are going to start. And I really took a look at uh, about the president's plan, the three phase plan and how horse shows and barns opening fit into that. Uh, and I'm, I want to go over that. I have a slideshow a little bit here for you. As you, you guys all know that have been following me doing these every day for two months, I've been uh, reading a lot, diving into it and talking to a lot of people. We're going to be having more uh, horse show organizers on. Uh, Hopefully somebody from the USCF again next week. We're working on that. So we'll let you know about that. Uh, but uh, Murray Kessler, who is the president of the USCF, did a video. And before I get into my little presentation, he talks about the three phases. And he posted this video yesterday, and it was meant for horse show organizers. So let's take a look at a little bit about what he had to say. And I'm hoping you guys can hear this. It works sometimes. It doesn't. So let me know in the chat if you can hear it. Let me get it started for you. Now that President Trump unveiled guidelines for a three-phase approach to easing restriction, each state will determine appropriate measures to reopen their economy, depending on factors such as specific case counts and hospital capacity thresholds. We support horse shows reopening concurrently. For sure, it won't be business as usual, but it will be a start. And in preparation, USCF is getting ready. A number of ad hoc committees have been formed to work with our staffs to provide recommendations on revised qualification procedures for championships, revised selection procedures, how to handle Horse of the Year awards and ranking lists in the face of a staggered regional restart, and much more. I've also used my Presidential Modification Authority to allow USCF to be flexible on mileage rules in moving horse show dates for those who choose to do so in order to accommodate the needs of our members. I promise you 
that we have your best interest in mind and will try and keep things as fair as possible, noting that our priority must be to safely restart our industry. Soon, USAF will also be issuing a risk assessment tool and recommendations for things for you to consider when you reopen. These will be consistent with guidelines recommended by the government, which will take precedent and will be focused on keeping you, your staff, your officials, and your competitors safe. They aren't finalized, but they will include recommendations on social distancing, sanitization, food service, and more. In the meantime, you should be thinking about the same. Think about how you'll reopen in the safest way possible. Will you allow spectators? Probably not during phase one and phase two. If you have VIP, how can you space tables further apart than normal? How can you change food service? Prepackaged meals, individual trays for each table? Will your staff wear masks? Will the admin offices limit the number of competitors allowed in at one time? Will officials be separated? Will schooling areas be limited? Will stabling be spread out further? Will you limit entries? How will you discourage those with flu symptoms from attending horse shows? The list for you and us to think about is pretty long, isn't it? But we need to be thinking about it. We need to be ready when it's time. And the last thing we need to do is be the source of another outbreak that starts this whole nightmare all over again. This has been a difficult time, but we will get through this together. I'm proud of the equestrian community and you for your commitment to doing the right thing, and I hope to see you at the horse shows in the near future. All right, so... So that was Murray Kessler, and I'm going to now uh, bring up the uh, slides that I have for you, and we'll make sure that you can see these. So I wanted to talk to you about, you know, when this is all my opinion from here on out. Uh, I, you know, I have been following it. I have been doing a lot. I have been. Uh, making sure that I read almost everything, much to my detriment sometimes. So, that, you know, this, again, is my opinion. So when will horse shows start? We talked a little bit about that, obviously, with Robbie. Uh, you know, but what's going to happen in the future? Let's take a look at this. Uh, I think it's going to change. Robbie and I, you know, we talked about that. It changes every day. There's new things that are coming out every day. Every state and county will be different. So that's something to consider that I don't where, you know, if, if you live in one state that's open, the next state may not be open for three months. And it, that's entirely up to the governors. So it's or if, in, in Florida's case, it gets down to the cities can can make that decision. So it might depend on where you live and what kind of horse shows are allowed or whether your barn opens or not, whether you can go see your horse again or not is all going to depend on a lot of different things. But the White House has come up with a three-phase plan, and I thought I would take a look at this three-phase plan and see how it affects horse shows, 
how I think it affects horse shows and barns opening in the different phases and what those requirements are. Now, governors can follow this plan or not. It sounds like the USCF is looking at this plan as a guideline. Uh, Georgia, Texas, and Tennessee basically are opening some things now. Now, if you read the headlines, it makes it sound like everything's open and we're going to be able to do anything we did before. They're opening up the state. That's not true. They're opening up certain things. Maybe restaurants that weren't operating before can now do takeout. Uh, Maybe gyms will be open on a limited basis with a certain number of people attending. So there's there's different things that the different states are looking at. Uh, All of these states are not following the guidelines because all all three of these states, as of a half an hour ago when I looked, have increasing numbers still. They are not following the guidelines. But let's talk about what those are. So on phase one, uh, to move the phases, you have to have 14 days of a downward trajectory in documented cases. And there's a couple other things involved there, too. But basically, you have to be seeing things going down, the number of cases, and, uh, you know, and there's a couple other things. But hospitals have to be able to treat all patients that are sick and have to have testing for all workers. Well, if you read as many stories as I have, you're going to realize that testing is not ubiquitous yet across as much as you might hear it is not. Testing and tracing, that you have to have abundant testing available for the populace and contact tracing. So if you go to a horse show, you're sick, they have to be able to go back to anybody you might have been in contact with, and those people then have to go into quarantine. That's what contact tracing means. So these are the the proposals to and, and a bunch of other criteria to basically move to the next phase. So for a state to go to phase one, they should have had 14 days of a downward trend, which in the states that are opening now, they don't. So we're going to see how that all plays out. Who knows? It may be fine. It may be a nightmare. We'll, we'll see how that plays out. This was put out by the Washington Institute for Health Metrics and Evaluation. Uh, that was yesterday on which states could open in what weeks based on the metrics. So uh, you'll see the color coding there. There's not too many that would be able to open on May 4th, uh, uh, West Virginia, uh, and I think it's Montana up there that would be able to do that. Uh, but you'll see that most of the states fall in the May category where they would be able to start into phase one that we're talking about. And I'll talk about how barns and shows are affected in phase one. So Look at your state right now, and you'll see where it is as far as the weeks are concerned. This is a projection based on what we know today could change tomorrow. And then you're going to see the really dark-colored states are states that are going to be in the June area, uh, the, the two darkest colors. And by the way, if we take a look at two big states we always look at for horse shows and events, or three big states is Texas, actually was in the later, uh, in the beginning of June area, and they're starting to now. Kentucky is definitely there. They're having a uh, bad time even with testing up there. And then Florida uh, is another one. But you can see that Maryland's having a bad time. Of course, New York, uh, we know about uh, New Jersey, Connecticut, Massachusetts is a hot spot right now. So we might not see phase ones for for those states for for quite a while. All right, let's take a look. uh, Next slide here. So phase one of the plan says this, vulnerable individuals like me, I have asthma and chronic Lyme disease. I'm basically in for God knows how long. Uh, it's, I work at home anyway, but I'd really like to go to a restaurant, to be honest. 
schools, daycare centers, and camps should remain closed, so any camps wouldn't happen in phase one. So I think, again, if phase one starts in, in May and June for a lot of states, this is phase one. These things are all still closed in phase one. So through June into July, you're looking at these things being closed. From what I've heard, 80% of the rodeos that I saw online today through June are, are or through May and June are, are, are canceled. A lot of horse shows are canceling into July. A lot of places are looking at August right now for all the reasons I talked uh, to Robbie about. Large venues in phase one, like dine-in restaurants, movie theaters, sports venues, can reopen under strict physical distancing protocols. And what that means is half the tables, they have to be separated. Movie theaters would have to separate, or not separate seats, but close certain seats off. They couldn't sit together. Sports venues would probably be able to reopen, but without an audience, because you also can't have more than 10 people in a social setting. So again, horse shows more than 10 people, right? So how do you how do you do that? And it also says in phase one that minimal non-essential travel. So basically, if you're not supposed to travel, you shouldn't travel. So that's phase one. How does that apply to horse shows? In my opinion, this is all my opinion. Barns could open with social distancing and proper cleaning and everything if they want to or not. Perfect example, Georgia basically opened, said that uh, bowling alleys can open. They said that I don't. They said that you can go get your hair cut, that salons and spas can open, you can get massages again. How you do that from six feet away from somebody and social distancing at the same time, I am not quite sure. Very large pair of scissors, I guess. But by the way, I really need my hair cut. I ordered clippers and they're finally shipping now, so I can finally cut my own hair. We'll see how that goes. You might see me bald next week. But that, you know, that's something to consider. A lot of those businesses in Georgia have elected to not open. Uh, there's there's now th- thousands of businesses that are saying we can't do it for the safety of our customers and for our own safety, despite what the governor says. So your barn could still elect under phase one for their own safety, for your safety not to open, or they could open on a very limited basis or change it a little bit. So again, now we're talking May through June to phase one before we even get to phase two. So, you know, I I realize you're away from your horses and maybe your barns over time through phase one, depending on your state, will start to feel more comfortable letting some people in. Uh, Shows, contradicting... uh, information here. They say no gatherings larger than 10, yet sports venue can open, again, without audiences. So smaller shows may give it a try with social distancing rules in place. It's considered not essential travel, so I don't know how that applies. It's very confusing. You heard Robbie, his shows in June that he's looking at. He's going to have to wait and get advice from Ohio. Uh, my guess is if, if they're still in phase one, we're not going to see many shows. That's my guess, in my opinion. You can disagree with that, and that's fine. Phase two. Now, to get to phase two again, you have to go through 14 more days of decline. So 14 more days on average of decline to get to phase two. The problem is in phase one, more and more people start socializing, getting closer to each other, getting a little careless. Are we going to see an increase? Once you see an increase in that state, then your phase two gets pushed out even further because we're, we're not into that 14 days. Will governors like Georgia, will the governor, if things start to skyrocket because everybody's, uh, you know, out there talking to each other again, if things start to skyrocket, will he close the state again? I don't know. Now you have other concerns. You have demonstrations. You have all of that that the governors have to take into consideration. So who knows what they'll do at that point? Uh, Will they just keep going and say, "We'll we'll take our chances? 
will they go to phase two where they open up more and more things without having things get better? We'll have to see what happens there, too. You've heard a lot of reports about it it's, uh, slowing down in summertime. There's been a couple of reports in the last two days that say it takes like a thousand degrees to kill this thing. And we've been in the 90s here, 85 to 90 degrees in the last two months in Florida, very hot for this time of year, and it hasn't slowed down here. So I don't know that... Uh, I don't know that summertime is going to affect it all that much from the new studies that are coming out. But phase two says vulnerable individuals like me, we still got to stay home. Employers should continue to encourage their employees to work remotely. And employers in phase one that do have employees start to come back, there's no lunch break rooms. They're going to have to close all those. They're going to have to discourage all you know, all social activities that way. Uh, no hanging out by the water cooler, that kind of thing. Uh, in phase two, schools, daycare centers, and camps can reopen, and bars can open with a reduced standing room occupancy. I don't know, you know, I don't, maybe they have to <laughs> take out half the bar stools. I don't know. But that we're looking at now, the middle to end of summer, before we see phase two in some states. We might be seeing phase one come into some states at that time. They also say non-essential travel can resume in large venues under distancing. So how does that apply to the horse world in phase two? Again, end of summer, early fall for some states, even later for others. You're looking at uh, barns open with social distancing and proper cleaning. Then maybe they're feeling a little more comfortable to do that. Again, it's up to the barn owner. They don't have to, or, or the business, any kind of business. They can choose what they want to do. It's their place. Uh, I think more will do this as we get into phase two, especially if we see the infection rates going way down which considering we're getting into phase two, they should be going way down. Shows, again, contradicting because it says no gatherings larger than 50, even in phase two. So does that mean sports venues can open? Does that mean horse shows can open without spectators and a lot of additional crew? I've heard some horse shows saying, uh, maybe we'll let you drive in, do your class drive out. So nobody stays. Uh, again, that would be a more local situation. So... There'll be no international travel, in my opinion. We're not going to see that. I mean, England is in a tough spot right now. They're not opening anytime soon. Spain's still having a tough time. Italy is not sure after they reopen a little bit what's going to happen. And Europe you know, is in the same boat. France is having a tough time. I don't think we're going to see horses traveling over there for horse shows at all this year. That's my opinion. I could be wrong. But I, I think, too, there's going to be certain countries, if we're still having a bad time over here in the U.S., they're going to say, we're not letting any U.S. people in. So they're going to they're going to close off uh, that travel from from the United States to their country internationally is going to be a tough thing for 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 this year, all this year, in my opinion. So I also took a look at what happens in in an industry that's really hurting through all of this, like the rest of us. And that's the events industry, large conferences, things like that, because it kind of correlates to horse shows, large horse shows with lots of people watching. It kind of correlates. And boy, they do not have a good outlook on this year. This was put out by an a event manager blog, which is a blog that really writes about all of these things and really follows. I, I've read this blog for a long time, really follows what's happening in the event world, which, by the way, nothing is happening. I think I was at one of the last conferences in Orlando at PodFest in February. It was one of the last conferences before things shut down. This is what they're looking like. The likelihood of coming back this year is somewhat likely, maybe. And they're even putting somewhat likely in 2021. They're really counting on a vaccine before, before that happens. 
the risk of hosting your event. Now, they also have to t- take a look at risk. A bunch of people get sick. They have lawsuits. They're out of business because of lawsuits. So they have to take a look at that, too. The risk of opening in 2020 is very high. The risk of opening later in 2020 uh, is, is also, sorry about that, is also very high. And then uh, you get into the winter is that, that third column there. You get into the winter, it's more moderate. And then the 2021 is more moderate as far as risk is concerned. So really what we're looking at is events of anything more than 50 people probably not happening till 2021. Uh, you know, and of course, this affects the wedding industry. It affects uh, conferences and, you know, big cities like or- Orlando and, you know, even uh, even Louisiana and New York, all of those cities that are Chicago that are known for conferences. This is going to hurt really bad. So they're not looking at reading the whole article. We're talking the winter before anything is going to happen there, depending on if, if all goes well, they're talking the winter. So that kind of correlates to what we were talking about also in the horse show world. So as far as phase three of the plan, which is basically things start to reopen and we get back to that new normal, which is in the word none of us ever want to hear again. Uh, that's too far to even talk about. A thousand things are going to change between now and then. So uh, I don't know that we can even talk about that. My opinion, we're not going to see this. Is my opinion. And I know it's not a positive opinion and it's not a happy opinion, but I, we're kind of, oh, I've always wanted every night we do these, every day I do my morning posts, I wanted to bring what I think is a realistic opinion. And you heard Robbie be a real, realistic too. You know, May 1st, they're going to announce whether they're doing their winter series next year. I think because of liability, because of sponsorships, because of not being able to afford to run horse shows with lower entries, again, they have to be able to afford to run the horse shows. I think you're going to see a lot of horse shows canceling because of finances, not even the risk so much, and the risk, both. But finances, you're going to see a lot of people uh, having to back out just because they can't afford to run it when when they maybe have 50% of the people, according to the small surveys that Robbie did and we did, that have 50% of the people that aren't going to come just because they don't want to take the risk, or they can't. They can't leave their state. They're in a state that's on lockdown yet. Uh, all those different factors are going to, all things that, that these horse show organizers have to take a look at and that your local barn has to take a look at. Plus, if you have a lot of people who haven't seen their horse and, and aren't going to see them till May or June, they're not going to be going to a horse show the end of June, two weeks after they get to see their horse for the first time. That's not going to happen either. So that's going to get pushed out. Also, the economic side of how many people can afford to go to shows this year. So there's so many things to take a look at. It's a tough one. You know, this is all my speculation. Uh, you know, you can you can take it or leave it. I, I don't know. Um and I, I'm getting a couple of people asking, is this whole video able to replay later? Yes, you can replay it. It's going to be on all the pages you're watching it on now. It'll still be there. Uh, you won't see the charts, but I'm also going to put it as a podcast on the Horses in the Morning podcast feed. Uh, that'll happen tonight or early tomorrow morning. Um, you know, a lot of sports are looking. I saw Connie said the PGA is starting tournaments in June without spectators. Uh, first tournaments in South Carolina. Uh, and, and again, they're all looking at it going, okay, well, that's based on the information today. We don't know. Um, 
So, you know, I'm going to keep an eye on it. We're going to keep doing what we're doing. I have a couple of more horse show organizers that are going to be coming up that are starting to come up with some clever ideas, hopefully, uh, here coming through in the, in the next uh, couple of weeks. I'm going to continue doing these Monday, Wednesday, and Friday night. Uh, hopefully, we'll, we'll hear back from the USEF uh, on what their plans are. They're only a couple of weeks away probably a week away, I would say, from announcing whether they're going to extend uh, what they're doing, you know, their extension for May on. And that's going to depend on what they're, what they're hearing, you know, what they're hearing from the government, what they're seeing the government do, what they're seeing the individual states do. We're going to know pretty soon, you know, you're going to have a 14-day lead time on, on people getting exposed and getting really sick. So as these three states that are the experimental states, the guinea pigs, I like to call them, uh, they're go- the Georgia, the Texas, the Tennessee, as they start to reopen and people are careless, which we know they're going to be, let's be honest, uh, as people are care- uh, care- careless, we're going to see in, in a, within a month whether those numbers are going to spike or not. Let's hope they don't. Let's hope that, you know, people are going to be careful and that we can eat, reopen and that businesses can start. You know, we're affected by this, too. We have a number of sponsors that that we've lost because they're on hold right now. Uh, thankfully, our listeners have stepped up, you know, with contributions to our member program. We appreciate that. But, you know, we're affected by this, too. We all want to see it go away. Uh, but I've always said from the beginning of covering this, like we do on all of our shows, we're going to tell it the way we think it is, whether that's good or bad or indifferent. We can always hope. Uh, we we always have hope, and we are we are going to get through it one way or another. Um, you know, I have a thousand things I could talk about by why I think the states are opening up, but that's getting into a politics, and I really want to do that. Let's see what happens. Um, I do know that I really want to cut my hair this weekend with my clippers. I haven't convinced Jennifer to do that yet, so I looks like I might be doing it with the clippers in the mirror myself. Um, I've never been bald before, but you might see that next week. Uh, and I'll, if you find this valuable, please let me know in the comments. We'll keep doing it. Uh, testing is another thing, Dana. Uh, thank you for bringing that up. There isn't enough testing in some places. When I looked at Kentucky today, when I looked at the big horse show states, Kentucky's dismal when it comes to testing. I don't know what's happening in Kentucky, but we have to have more testing. I know that you're hearing from politicians that the testing is there, but you read, go deeper in the, in, go deeper than, than, uh, the major networks. And you're going to see that, that, you know, when you look at people on the ground, I have a friend right now. I won't say what state because I don't want to, I don't want to point her out. She's been very sick with every symptom imaginable and she can't get tested. And I think it's because she's younger. So that can't happen. We have to be testing everybody and the test results have to come back sooner than 10 days. When I took a look at a couple of the states, Texas, for instance, was in the thousand to 2000 being tested a day. And then all of a sudden on Sunday, there's 10,000. That ain't right. Something wrong with that. You know, they got backed up. They finally got it caught up. We can't have that. These tests need to be done in 24 hours. You need to know whether you're sick or not so that you're not spreading it out there at work if you're going back to work. This testing is going to become so important as you're going back to work because you're sick for five days. You're a carrier for five days before you ever get a temperature. So that's not a good indication either. So you come in one day, they take your temperature, and you're all of a sudden have a fever, and they send you home. But you've been there for five days, and you're probably spreading it for five days to know, you know, to how many people. So, and some places of employment, you can't be six feet apart. It's just impossible. We need more data. We need more testing. Uh, We just need to figure this out more. We're going to find out what works and what doesn't work. 
with the states that are starting to open up. And then what happens? What happens if it does uh, spike? You know, I don't know where we're at then. I hope this was a better look at where maybe horse shows and your barns are, are affected by this. You know, I hope, you know, I'm fortunate. I see Scooter, my, my hackney pony, my crazy hackney pony, uh, right outside my window. So I, I realized how blessed I am with that. I realize I when I get stressed, I can walk out there and do that. Uh, but I'm going to continue covering this for the horse world. Nobody else is, is doing it in this way. And I just hope it helps. And I'm going to stop rambling now. And, uh, you know, everybody be safe. That's the most important thing in all of this. Your families be safe. I talked to a lot of people today who have family members that are like me that are going to be in for the long haul here uh, until there's a vaccine or a cure. And now we just pray. We pray for that, for the medical community to come through and to help out. And I thank all of you for watching. Please do share this video. You can still share it to your page even after it's done. Uh, let's get Let's get the word out. Uh, let's get the word out to everybody about what's going on, and we'll get more organizers on, and we'll get a better handle on this over the next couple of weeks. But thank you for joining me. I, I see a lot of familiar names from 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 the old days, and I see a lot of brand new names. Be sure to join us. Go listen to the Horse Radio Network. Horses in the Morning is funny and entertaining. We had a good time this morning, so join us for Horses in the Morning. Friday, we'll do some really bad ads. If you've never experienced really bad ads before in Horses in the Morning, you have to. You'll laugh your ass off, literally. We do every Friday morning. So go take a listen. We're giving away $500 in prizes this month, so go, listen to Friday's Horses in the Morning. Just go to any podcast player on your phone and search for Horses in the Morning and subscribe to it. And also, Horse Radio Network app. If you're not a podcast listener, you don't know how, go to the Horse Radio Network app, download it, and uh, let's... Uh, oh, and Kayla's on here, one of our hosts on Horses in the Morning, and she has the Sales and Breeding Show. It's tomorrow morning on Horses in the Morning. You want to catch that as well. She has an Australian co-host, and you want any woman out there, you don't have to listen to anything he says. Just listen to his accent. You're going to be happy. You'll be fine. Uh, it's a fun show, and that'll be tomorrow morning on Horses in the Morning. Thank you, Kayla, for the reminder. I appreciate it. Thank you all. We hope to see you back here on Friday. We're going to be back here again, hopefully with a more positive, upbeat show than we had tonight. Take care, everybody.